0: After my mother died in 2002, I sold the house in Clovis, New Mexico and moved to Lubbock, Texas. Along the months in Lubbock, I hunted a new church to attend. First, I went to a church called The Word, and on the outside of their building, they had a sign which said, still teaching the word. I went on a Wednesday night. We were divided up into small groups of 20 to 25 and put in classrooms. And that suited me fine. I've always liked small groups. A man was speaking to us from the Bible, and he began reading various scriptures. He made no comment at all about any of the scriptures. He just read scriptures. For approximately one hour, he read scriptures without exhortation of any kind. I went to that same church on a Sunday morning, and the pastor began reading scripture, and he read scriptures without any exhortation of any kind or any comment. There were so many scriptures that I found I couldn't keep up. I never returned to that church. I do know what we're supposed to do when we gather at the church. Because Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 14, Verse 26, what we are to do. How is it then, brethren, says Paul? When ye come together, every one of you has a psalm, has a doctrine, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. The church is greatly built up by those things which God has told his people, and those things God has done with his people. There used to be a service on Wednesday nights where there were testimonies. People gathered together, and it wasn't preplanned at all by one man. It was free for the Holy Spirit to speak as God had worked with various individuals on various things. And one person would give his testimony, and it brought great rejoicing. And then another person would tell what God had done for him. I have often tried to get people to do that very same thing, but they wouldn't speak I even have something on one of our blogs which invites them to share the words that God has given to them or to share the exhortations that God has given to them. And we have never heard from one person to date, though that's been on our blog for several years. I don't know why they don't want to share things of God. But I do know this, every time I share things of God with anyone, whether it's on a podcast or a writing or speaking to an individual, I know that my faith in God is increased as I share what God has done. In Philemon, we see that will happen to us as we share those things God has done in our life. Philemon only has one chapter, and on verse 6 is this scripture, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Jesus works with us And we read in one of the scriptures that after we do what he says, works follow. Evidence follows. When I owned my business in the 1970s, after I was born again, I was on a buying trip for the business. The business was American Indian Arts, and I would fly to Albuquerque, New Mexico, USA and go out to the reservation and buy art objects from the Indian artist. I was on a buying trip and I was on the plane heading to Albuquerque and just exactly at the moment the wheels of the plane hit the runway as we were landing, I heard from God, Be baptized. I had been baptized when I was 15, but That was by my own will. I didn't want to go to hell. And they were preaching at my aunt's church to be baptized. So I went forward and was baptized in water. But my life didn't change at all. I was about 15. When I was 37 years old, God spoke to me in the night. Joan, you know these mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sins. And I, (gasps) sins! I thought they were mistakes. When I went forward and was baptized at 15, I didn't even know I was a sinner. At 37, I knew I'd been making lots of mistakes. And when God spoke that to me, I knew they were sins. And I was born again that second. By the Spirit of God, my life was completely changed. After that, I was taken into heaven in the night, transported into heaven. I was with God. I was with Christ. I was with the Holy Spirit. I saw no images. It was strictly a spiritual experience. At that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with the Word of God. God and the Holy Spirit were witnessing. When I awoke the next morning, I was on fire for things of God. That's all I cared about. The Bible, church, the prayer group, the people of God, that's all I cared about. That's all I thought about. A few nights later, the exact same thing happened again. Many years later, I came to believe that at that time, God ordained me into the work that he would have me do for the church and in the church, which is the offices of apostle prophet, according to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8, 11, and 12. After Jesus was crucified and arose into heaven, it says that he gave gifts unto men. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the work of the ministry for the edification of the body of Christ. Some churches have taught there are no more apostles today. I have no idea where they get that doctrine. And they've taught there are no prophets today. But in the book of Acts, we see New Testament prophets going from city to city with messages from God for the church. Acts 11 shows Agabus. Acts 21, we see Agabus again. Silas was a prophet who traveled with Paul. We have many examples in the book of Acts of prophets that sometimes they travel together speaking to the people of God, and it said God confirming the works with Acts that followed. So I'm on this plane, and I hear... Be baptized At that time, I did not know I was called by God to the ministry. I had been taken into heaven shortly after I was born again in 1975. But I didn't know I had a call of God on my life at the time this happened to me. The plane landed and I heard be baptized. When I hear something like that from God, to me it means now. So my cousin was meeting me at the airplane. She is, was Church of Christ. I don't think she's any longer living. The last time I heard from her, she was 97, and that was at least three years ago. My cousin was meeting me at the plane to take me to buy the merchandise for my business, and I said, Jean, if you can arrange it this afternoon before I return to Dallas, I will be baptized. And Jean said, But you've been baptized. I said yes, but I was not born again at that time, and now I here be baptized. She had a puzzled look on her face. I knew she didn't know what born again meant, though she had been in Church of Christ since she was born, her mother would have taken her to church immediately and she was probably 45 at that at that period of time so anyway she said to me well okay as we drove along the road i talked to her about god and things of god which is all that i cared about and she said to me well i believe you are a christian i just don't know how you can be one huh. So anyway, I just laughed. I paid no attention to her statement. Looking back on it, I don't think she had any idea concerning the subject of being born again, though I'm sure she would have read that scripture many times, you must be born again, in John chapter 3. But I'm sure she thought going forward and being baptized at Church of Christ was being born again, and it isn't. Hearing from God is being born again. When he speaks to you, he changes your life completely. It's not that you learn and then change. It's that when God reveals himself to you, you are no longer the same person. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, If anyone be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We are instantly changed by God. It's really similar to the way at the end of this world when Jesus gathers the church and when he raises the dead in Christ and we're all taken to the new heaven and the new earth, we won't go in these human fleshly bodies that we have had on this earth. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, that we will be given new bodies in the twinkling of an eye, blink. That's how fast it will happen. That's how fast I was born again. It's a mystery, and those people who aren't born again do not understand. But if you have had that experience with God, you understand. It's nothing you did. It was simply that God had mercy on you and chose you. And it was by his will that he revealed himself to you and changed you. And the key thing in being born again is change. We are changed. I wasn't anything like I had been before. When God spoke to me, I was changed. And people recognized that I was changed. One woman said, well, I believe in you. We've really seen a conversion, because you're very different. I was really so different that when I would speak to someone at my business, I would often think, who said that? And I'm the one who said it. It was that different. So in Lubbock, Texas, I continued to try to find a church that I could attend. I went to one church, I think its name was Word of Flame or Flame of God, It was a Pentecostal Assembly of God type church. I went on a Sunday morning to the main service. As I entered the building, a man met me and asked me to fill out a card, which I did, was happy to do. It didn't matter to me. I gave him my name and address and phone number. I sat down in the church service. It was just beginning. And I can't remember exactly what happened, but there was an enormous amount of confusion. And people were talking, and things were going on, and there was yelling and confusion and disruption. I know from the Bible that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And in the church, we read to let everything thing be done decently and in order. And this was totally out of order. And this was the church service. I sat there about five minutes and then I got up and left. I received a phone call, either that day or the next, from a man who identified himself as pastor of that church. I identified myself as being placed in the body of Christ as an apostle and prophet, and he began immediately to try to persuade me that that could not be possible. I remember just hanging up the phone. He called me back a second time, and he had tried again to persuade me that I could not possibly be an apostle or prophet. I don't remember him ever giving me an opportunity to tell anything about myself. I hung up the phone, and he called me back a third time, And again, tried to persuade me I could not possibly be an apostle or prophet. And I hung up the phone a third time. Of course, I never went back to that church again. I even tried going to a Baptist church one time while I was in Lubbock. I went into the Sunday school class. Sometimes Sunday school classes are a little more like the description in the Bible where different people speak and give their testimonies. There was a teacher in the Sunday school class. I don't remember anything that was said. It was just dead. One person gave the presentation. There was nothing evident from the Holy Spirit. I left that church group and went home. I many times wanted to go to church And one time a man was at my house doing some kind of work and he began telling me about the church he was attending and it sounded great. After he left, I called that church to speak to someone, pastor or someone like that. They had a recorded message which said at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning they had the Lord's Supper. At 10 a.m. on Sunday morning, they had worship service or something like that. And then at 11 a.m. on Sunday morning, they had the Lord's Supper. There was no place to leave a message. He just gave that information. I sat there for a few minutes thinking about that, and then I realized there is no way I can go to that church. For God had taught me that the Lord's Supper is not eating a piece of cracker and drinking grape juice. The Lord's Supper is eating and drinking the Word of God in an appropriate way and examining yourself as you read the Bible and eyeing it to your life. And that's what I had been doing for a great many years, From for at least 20 years before this event happened in Lubbock. I had been doing that. And at one point, God said to me, concerning eating and drinking crackers and grape juice, you're no better off if you do it or worse off if you do it, because it is of no consequence. It is the way you handle the Word of God that is the Lord's Supper. So I knew I couldn't go to these churches where they eat crackers and drink grape juice and think it's the Lord's Supper because God had taught me something entirely different. If we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and this is something that always bothered me. From the time I was a young child, when I would visit my aunt and they would pass crackers and grape juice And I heard them say, now you can't partake of this without examining yourself. And after I was baptized in Church of Christ, I was technically able to eat and drink this cracker and grape juice, but I didn't know how to examine myself. I went ahead and took the cracker and grape juice, but I didn't have any idea how I was supposed to examine myself. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 11, which is about the subject of the Lord's Supper. At least, part of that chapter is about it. The church group that Paul is speaking to was partaking of the Lord's Supper incorrectly, and he makes this statement to them. He says, first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. For there must also be heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When ye come together, therefore, unto one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. And he goes on and says something that I don't understand, but we'll read it anyway. For in eating, every one taketh before the other his own supper and one is hungry and the other is drunken. They were definitely doing something wrong. What, have ye not houses to eat and drink in, or despise ye the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. It certainly appears to me that he is telling us when you eat and drink the New Testament, the Word of God, do it in remembrance of me, and be very careful the way you eat and drink the Word of God. For as often as ye eat this bread, and I believe that's the Word of God. The New Testament Scriptures. And drink this cup he do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many die. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. And he says in verse 28, But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup, examining himself. I believe it's saying, as you read the Bible, examine yourself. And so let him eat of that bread, reading the Bible, and drink of that cup, examining himself by the word of God. I do not believe The Lord's Supper has anything to do with crackers and grape juice. I believe it is the Word of God and eating and drinking of the Word of God. And that's how I have lived for many, many years. I know in my own life and in the life of other people of the elect of God, I know God speaks to us and brings to our attention certain information as we do what God says we eat and drink of the Lord's Supper of the cup of the Lord and Jesus is the word the word was made flesh and dwelt among us for a short period of time but in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God John chapter 1 And when I see something that says the Lord, I always think of the word. The Lord is my shepherd. The word is my shepherd. I shall not want because I follow it. I follow that word. There are many hymns which talk about the hand of God. I always think it means the word of God. I believe fleshly humans set up this cracker and grape juice with their own eyes and taught their own people to do it, and one church copied another until you hardly ever find any church group that doesn't do this. And they don't know what they're doing. These are the things that God has taught me about the Lord's Supper. John chapter 6 is a very critical piece of information for each of us. In verse 33, Jesus said, For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. He came in the flesh for a while and lived on this earth. But we today Hear God as he brings us the word and he comes down from heaven and gives us this word. I mean, he comes down in the form of the word with the Holy Spirit bringing the word to our mind. And he is the bread of God, which cometh down from heaven to us today and gives us life through this word that is brought to our mind. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And the Holy Spirit who speaks to us doesn't speak by his own opinion. He speaks to us that which he hears from God about us. 1 Corinthians 2 tells us this. And in verse 44, Jesus says, No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Every man therefore that hath heard from God, and hath learned it from the Father, cometh unto me. In Second Timothy chapter 3, Jesus warns us that evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, and then Paul says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast heard, and been assured of, knowing from whom thou hast learned them. And that means from God. It is God who has taught the elect of God, the things of God. And he teaches us today by his Spirit, which he has given to us. Back to John chapter 6, verse 48. Jesus says, I am that bread of life. I the word. He was the word from the beginning. He is the word now. I the word am that bread of life. This is the bread, the word, which cometh down from heaven that a man might eat thereof and not die. It's not a natural bread. You could eat a natural bread and die. This is the word of God. You eat that word, you believe that word, you belong to God, you're born again, you are the elect of God, you won't die. You will live with Jesus forever. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. And Jesus says, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. The word of God is like taking a blood transfusion. When we are sometimes weak, even as believers, and drained, and God speaks to us, aren't we raised up instantly? All of a sudden, you have blood in you. You have his blood. You have life in you. Jesus says in verse 55, For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. And as I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. Verse 63, it is the spirit that quickeneth, that maketh us alive. The flesh profiteth nothing. Then Jesus says, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, by the word. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And that's how we live as the elect of God. And we endure to the end by the word that God gives us daily. By that word, at that specific point in time, as the need arises, God gives us the word. And because of that word, we have life. And because of that word, we're able to go forward in faith. And it is like a blood transfusion to us. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.